Hello and welcome back to the Makeup Artist Chronicle. I am your host, Julia, and I am so very, very happy that you're here. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Chelsea Scott of The Beauty Spy. It truly is an incredible destination for beauty, K-beauty and J-beauty, and she is such like she is an icon. She is an, a personal hero now of mine. Just the way that she has been fearless in her life and in her career. I find it so admirable. And I've definitely been catching myself trying to make bolder choices and be a little braver and take more risks. So thank you so much again, Chelsea, for coming on the show. And I really hope that y'all enjoyed the episode. On today's episode, it is just me flying solo, but... Not entirely, because I have some listener questions. So I reached out on Instagram. I put up like a question, like ask me anything type of vibe on the MUA Chronicle Instagram, which is MUA Chronicle, all one word. And so many of you had beauty questions and so many of those questions were skincare related. So I was like, you know what? We're going to do a skincare episode. We're just going to get deep down and talk all about it because I feel like Those of you that wrote in, there were some people that had recurring questions, but there were also some questions that I'm like, oh, I've heard this before. Okay, we're going to need to talk about this. So thank you so much to all of you who wrote in. Um, I have tried to get back to all of you at this point. If I haven't gotten back to you yet, I'm working on it. It will be coming, I promise. Thank you so much for reaching out. Keep Keep DMing me, call the hotline 877-THE-MUAC, and you know, if you have burning beauty questions, shoot them my way. I'm more than happy to answer them. And without further ado, I, I just want to jump right in because these questions are great and I'm excited to talk about this. So first question comes from Maggie in New Mexico. What up, Maggie? She says, currently my skincare routine consists of a cleanser, a moisturizer, and a sunscreen. Should my skincare routine have more steps? And if so, what is the order? Okay, this is a great question. I feel like there are so many products on the market and I feel like there are so many different types of products, right? You have your cleansers, you have your toners, you have your essence. And it's like, what's a toner? What's an essence? What's the difference? You know, what's the difference between a cream and a lotion and this SPF or that SPF? And ultimately, Skincare is so, so, so personal, and it depends on what your skin type is. Is it oily? Is it dry? What are you looking to get? Are you looking to maybe help with any texture like fine lines or wrinkles or acne, cystic acne? You know, there are so many concerns that people have. I would say like straight out, if you want a functional, easy skincare routine, you're already doing the right things. Like Having a cleanser, I think, is super important. Washing your face at night. I know a lot of people wash their face in the morning and then wash it again at night. Depends on what's good for you. I personally only wash my face at night. I wash off the dirt of the day, the makeup of the day. In the morning, I just kind of do a rinse with some water or maybe I'll do like a little bit of like a swipe with a, a witch hazel toner and that's what works for me. 
So I think cleanser is important. At least once a day, you should be cleansing your skin. And depending on what your skin type is, different cleansers are going to do different things, right? So you have your balms or your oils to remove makeup and really get in there. You have your more astringent soapy one. So if you have an oilier skin, you can do that. Or a cleansing milk if you want something a little more gentle. So cleanser, great place to start. And honestly, if you're just doing a moisturizer and an SPF and you're happy with that, keep it that way. I'm really, really happy that you said you're using a sunscreen because you live in New Mexico. That desert sun is no, no, no joke. Um, I'm assuming you live in the desert. I'm not familiar with the landscape of New Mexico. I have a friend who grew up in Albuquerque and she says there are mountains there, but I don't know if people live in the mountains. And I don't know if this is really, really silly for me to not know, but Maggie, you can let me know where you live and what's going on. But I know the sun is strong in New Mexico. And so I'm very happy to hear that you are wearing sunscreen. And ultimately, I mean, that's all you really need. I feel like everyone gets like hyped up on these 12 step things and that works for some people. But there are other people that if you introduce a 12-step routine in their skincare, their skin is going to be like, I hate you. Get away from me. Like, you don't know me at all, mom. I hate you. Like, absolutely not. So it's a matter of doing what works for your skin. A huge, lifted, like very diesel e truck just drove by and was so loud. So if you heard that, I'm sorry. Um, But another one, a motorcycle. This is okay. You guys, where are we going? Where I'm trying to record a podcast here. Can, can we have just maybe like, I don't know, a half an hour, 45 minutes of just like chill. Thank you. So You know, when it comes to, again, moisturizers, there are different kinds. SPF, there are different kinds. If you find that you're using your cleanser, you're using your moisturizer, your SPF, that's working for you, fantastic. Keep it there. If you want to add something, the only thing I would recommend adding is hyaluronic acid. Like a hyaluronic acid serum is going to be really great. Hyaluronic acid is the one thing that I recommend for everyone because moisturizer stays on top of the skin and it like helps you keep the top layers of your skin hydrated and beautiful, but hyaluronic acid will hydrate the deeper layers of the skin. So if you see skin that is just plump and healthy and dewy and bouncy, that is kind of the effect that hyaluronic acid will help you get from the deeper layers of the skin. But ultimately, I think you're doing it right. And if it works for you, don't worry about switching it up. Don't worry about adding too much. And if you do decide to add things to your routine, then I would recommend adding them one at a time. And oftentimes it does take a few weeks to see the results or, you know, see the effects or see how your skin responds. Sometimes you can tell right away, right? Oh, my skin is like, there's a burning sensation. There's, oh, my skin's getting pink. Stop using it. The burn is not good. A a little tingle is nice. Some of us love a little tingle, but a burn is no bueno. Drop it, wash your face, like give yourself some aloe or something gentle. But, you know, if you are looking to add something, I would recommend adding it one at a time, waiting a few weeks, seeing how your skin responds to it. And in terms of order, so the best rule of thumb is to go from like the lightest texture to the thickest texture, right? So you're going to cleanse your skin or wash your face. And then if you do want to do like a multi-step routine, 
I'm not saying you have to do all these steps, but I'm just telling you like what order they would go in. And then obviously you can remove things from the process as you see fit, if that makes sense. But so if you were to use all of the product types on the market, it would be cleanser. First you would wash your face and then you would do a toner. So a toner essentially rebalances the pH of your skin. So cleansing oftentimes strips the skin and the pH of it is like it's stripped, it's dry, it's not even, it's not well balanced. All of the microbes are gone. And so a toner will essentially help make sure that the areas that are dry are a little more hydrated and the areas that are a little bit more sebum producing, so a little bit more oily, are maybe a little bit evened out, a little more mattified. Then there's an essence. So an essence is similar to a toner in terms of like molecular weight or lightness, but it's a little bit different because essences will oftentimes have active ingredients. So they'll just give you a little bit of an extra oomph. I wouldn't say it's necessary to do both a toner and an essence. I wouldn't even necessarily say it's important to do one at all. A lot of people that I know don't use either. Um, I use a toner in the morning, so I'll cleanse my face and I'll do, I have this, um, Oh, I forgot the brand. It's like the most famous brand for witch hazel, Mayers, I think. And I have this like these pads that are, they have lemon, they have witch hazel, they have salicylic acid. That's because I have acne. So I'm just telling you what works for me. But ultimately, like I use it and it really helps kind of stimmy my oil production and even out my pH on my skin. It, I find it really helpful. It is a bit of an astringent. So it works for me for my combination skin. But toner, essence, and then you want to get into your serums. And the thing with serums is they're going to be all different weights, right? So some are going to be light, some are going to be heavy. And depending on what you want, different serums are going to do different things, right? So, you know, a hyaluronic acid is going to give you really deep hydration. A, um, like a, why am I, why is, oh, vitamin C. Okay. I was like struggling to find it. There are so many serums out there and they do so many things. And, you know, if you're looking for a serum Pacifica, it makes really, really great clean formulas, affordable pricing, effective. I love it. Yeah. So you have, um, hyaluronic acid and then vitamin C is another serum that you could use in the morning. It really helps to protect the skin, repair the skin from any environmental damage, any stress that the skin may be going through. It also helps even out any discoloration, hyperpigmentation, things like that. So there are a lot of serums out there and oftentimes you're able to feel what the weight is. So you're able to, so put a little bit on the back of your hand and see like, how quickly does it absorb? How does it leave your skin feeling? If it's super light, it feels almost watery. It absorbs quickly and it leaves like no feeling on your skin. Like there isn't any stickiness or tackiness. That's going to be the lightest version. If you put a serum on your skin and it feels a little bit more like a gel and you like rub it in and then there's like a little bit of tackiness there, that's going to be a heavier heavier molecular weight. Now, obviously this is like a great rule of thumb, but there are exceptions to the rule. So oftentimes you may just have to experiment, see what works. And oftentimes serums will live in this space in the skincare routine. So they'll come like after toner essence, but before moisturizer. But when it, if you're using multiple serums, which I know some people do, you would then have to be like lightest serum to the heaviest serum. You can use touch, you can use trial and error, whatever works for you. Um, and then after serums, and if you're using more than one serum, or even if you're just using one serum, you want to give your skin a little bit of time to rest every step, right? So you cleanse your skin. When you cleanse your skin, your skin is damp. 
it, everything that you put on it is going to get absorbed way deeper. So that's why oftentimes it's not recommended for you to put a, you know, an alpha hydroxy acid or an exfoliator or a retinol on damp skin because it'll absorb way more potently and the effects may be a little bit irritating to the skin. If you're someone that you're like, that doesn't bother my skin, great, do you. So, you know, you cleanse your skin, give your skin a little bit of time to dry. You do your toner, your essence, give your skin a little bit of time to dry and you'll you'll feel it. You'll feel the how it feels on the skin. And then serum, again, if your skin is like super tacky, give it a little bit. Wait a little bit for it to absorb, do something else, put some lotion on your body, go, you know, put some pants on, whatever the case may be. Then moisturizer. So your moisturizer, again, is the top layers of your skin getting hydrated and different moisturizers are great for different things. There are oil-free lotions for those that have oily skin. There are gels or water-based lotions that are really also great for oily skin or skin in the summer. And then, you know, you get into your creams, you get into your oils, you get into your rich creams. That's really great for a drier skin. So I don't know what your skin type is, but you know, if you're work, if you have your moisturizer and you love it and it's working for you, keep it, you know, where it is. If you want, if you or Maggie or anyone else wants recommendations on actual products, I can do my best to to recommend the things that I've tried. I am very, very lucky in that I have brands send me a lot of stuff that I run through the ringer that I test and that I like will dole out to my friends in samples. Like I'll scoop out a little bit, put it in a little sample, give it to a friend and be like, hey, what's your feedback on this? So I kind of do my own testing to see what products are actually worth the hype. So if you want recommendations, DM me or call me at MUA Chronicle, all one word or 877-THE-MUAC. I'm like starting to lose my voice. Let me take a breath. I feel like we should all just take a breath. Hold on. Okay, there we go. I like get so excited sometimes that I start talking really, really fast and then I forget to breathe. I don't know if that happens to anyone else, but moisturizer is where it's at after serum. And again, depending on what your skin type is or what you want the effect to be, you will use a moisturizer that works for you. Currently, I am using the day cream from 111 Skin. It is a bit of a pricey product, but it has been a game changer for me, especially going into winter. So it sounds great. You're using that. And then SPF. So I actually was watching Bobby Brown, the makeup artist, do an interview where she was like, Oh yeah, these are the steps. Your SPF should always go under your moisturizer. And I was like, hold up, wait a minute, hold on. And I feel like that's not always the case. I feel like if you have a chemical SPF, it doesn't really matter what order you put it in because the chemical SPF is going to get absorbed into the skin. I mean, if the, the SPF is a light, if it's like a lotion or something lightweight, then it may not absorb into this the skin past the moisturizer so that's what you have to take into account right is your moisturizer or I'm sorry is your SPF chemical or is it mineral if it's mineral it's just going to sit on top of the skin that should be your very last step is it chemical if it's chemical and it's a lighter weight than your moisturizer then you may need to put it on first so that it has time to absorb into the skin so that it's able to work and if you want me to break down more of that. I mean, I guess I'll just break it down right now. So yeah, chemical sunscreen absorbs into the skin. 
And then when the sun's rays hit your skin, essentially the sunscreen, the SPF, like takes it and absorbs it into itself and then turns it into energy for the body. Mineral, however, just sits on top of the skin and bounces the UV rays off of your skin. And that's most commonly like there will be a zinc in it. It'll have that white cast. There are a lot of brands that are trying to create something that doesn't leave that white cast because so many more people, consumers, customers, users of this SPF technology, much like yourself, Maggie, a lot of people are transitioning to mineral sunscreen because they don't want something that absorbs into their body. They want something that just sits on top and does its job and that's it. So wherever you land, if your skincare routine is working for you, then there you go. Cleanser, moisturizer, SPF, depending on the weights or depending on the SPF type. And then if you wanna add more, I hope that those steps helped. And if you wanna talk more about serums or ingredients, I know Chelsea on last week's episode and I mentioned that these days to read through an ingredient list on on a beauty product is like, you have to have a PhD in chemistry, it's insane. So if you want help you know, breaking down any of those ingredients or trying to figure out what formulation is best for you, definitely, definitely DM me. And that goes for Maggie, but that also goes for anyone else that wants to reach out and have that conversation. So I hope that was helpful. Maggie, let me know your thoughts and let me know how it's going, but keep up the sunscreen and I hope that you're reapplying. Please be reapplying. Okay, so this question comes from Natalie in North Carolina, and she said, how long should I wait before I know if a skincare product truly works? This is an excellent question because I feel like there are so many products on the market and so many new ones launching every single day and every single week, and we're going into the holidays now, and it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And there is a lot of, you know, especially with like the subscription boxes, like Allure or Birchbox, you're always getting skincare. And it's like, how do I know if it's working? How long should I be using it? it, it should I be switching my skincare so often, like every month? And I feel like this is very common. I mean, I'm guilty of it too, where we'll try something and we won't see the effects of it fast enough in our mind. And then I'll be like, okay, well, obviously it's not working. I have to try something else. But here are like the rules or not the rules, but like here's here's the realness. So something like a cleanser, you're going to see the effects of immediately. Something like a moisturizer, you're going to see the effects of immediately. Something like an SPF, you're going to, well, you're not going to see the effects of an SPF. Uh, the, an SPF, okay, let's talk about sunscreen. SPF, you will not see the results. In fact, it'll make you feel like you are preventing yourself from getting a beautiful bronzy glow potentially. But the reality is that in order, like to see sunscreen work, it takes years. And what I mean by that is if you don't use sunscreen or if you aren't diligent about your sunscreen, years down the line, you may see increased fine lines, increased wrinkles, increased discoloration, so sunspots, and other types of damage. So that's essentially it's one of those things very similar to an eye cream where you have to try it and do it preemptively. You have to use it in order to prevent those things from happening. If if that's something that is key for you, you're like, oh yeah, I don't want deep wrinkles or I don't want discoloration, sunspots, whatever. Like you basically have to just put in the work, trust the process, have faith in the product 
because once you get to a point where you're like, oh, I have sunspots, same thing with an eye cream. Oh, I have eye fine lines around my eyes. Once you get to that point, it's so much harder to try and do something to reverse it if those are things that bother you versus being more preemptive and protecting yourself. So sunscreen, eye cream, those are things that you'll see the effects of over time in terms of a lack of effect, like a lack of fine lines or a lack of, you know, sunspots. And the way to know if you're susceptible to developing sunspots or developing fine lines or wrinkles is to look at, well, one, look at your genetic history, right? Like look at your parents, look at your mom, look at your grandma, like, and also understand like, where do you live? You live in North Carolina. So you're, you're getting seasons, you're getting hot summers with a lot of sun, you're getting cold winters, maybe with some wind. So understanding what your skin needs from a family genetic standpoint, and then also an environment standpoint will help you make better choices and better understand the types of things that await you in your future skin. And I know there are other things that you can do, like if you go to the dermatologist or whatever, they can scan your skin and see like what the damage is like and make recommendations. So that's always an option. So, okay, to recap, cleanser and moisturizer, you will see the effects immediately. Um, sunscreen you and eye cream, you will see the effects over years in terms of Maybe your mom has deep wrinkles around her eyes and you want to preemptively get ahead of that. So you use an eye cream and you see that your fine lines at the age of 35 are way less deep than hers were. So just again, and as I say all this, I, it all depends on what you personally want. I'm just throwing out examples because I don't know the full story. But, you know, serums are the ones that actives and serums take a little bit more time, right? So maybe four to six weeks. I, science, like, that's what the scientists tell us. And I want to believe the scientists. But what I've learned from my own self and a lot of clients that I work with and a lot of people that I talk to is sometimes it takes longer. So a vitamin C, for example, they say four to six weeks before you start seeing changes. Well, it depends, right? Will your skin look firmer and, you know, be a little bit more resilient to stressors, environmental or otherwise? Yes. Will your sunspots or discoloration go completely away? No not after four or six weeks. They may start getting lighter, but ultimately, you know, if you want the full effect, it's going to take longer. And then retinol. Retinol, I so there are a few reports that say like one month, one and a half months, two months. I say with retinol, a good rule of thumb is three months. Three months of consistently using retinol or any of the retinol alternatives or retinoid or bacuchiol, which is a plant-based alternative to a retinol, minimum of three months before you start seeing the effects, before you start seeing more even um, texture in your skin, more bounce, more suppleness, like maybe your, your fine lines are a little bit less prominent. So minimum three months, which I know is so hard because I feel like, again, not only are we assaulted with so many new products, but when you have something like a retinol in particular, where you put it on and you're like, oh man, my skin got dry and red and like your skin needs to get used to retinol. So a lot of people will experience when they first start using it, their skin goes a little bit red, a little bit dry. It happened to me too. I have sensitive skin, so I can't use a retinol because what's meant to happen is that those 
effects like the your skin will get used to the retinol and begin responding to it without irritation but my skin was irritated for a whole month when I was on retinol and I was like I can't continue to do this it's red it's flaky it's dry it's nothing is helping no matter like I had the richest cream that I was using and had a face oil that I was using at night and all of these things and so I was like screw this and then I switched to Bakuchiol I used the Bybee Bakuchiol booster And I find that my skin and my fine lines, there is more bounce. There is more like a healthy, like suppleness to my skin, but I don't have the like redness or irritation that I did with the traditional retinol. Again, though, it's going to take three months minimum before you start to see results. So it's important to stick with it unless you've gotten to a point where you're literally like, this is, this is doing more harm than good. And it's not worth it for me. So I hope that made sense. I don't know what the specific question was for. If you have like a specific product or a specific type of product that you want to dive deeper into with me, totally happy to do that. Again, DM me or call me and we'll talk more. It is November, which means that we have officially entered the season for gatherings, be it for Thanksgiving or the winter holidays. This year, I think we're going to be together a little bit more. So if you're going to go out there and you want to look your best, I highly, highly recommend the Beach Waver. The Beach Waver has been my favorite hair product. It has been a lifesaver. Now, I am not a hairstylist. I've recently started getting into doing hair on photo shoots because I have the Beach Waver. This is a brand that I've been a fan of for a very long time, and I'm so grateful that we have gotten a chance to work together. So the Beach Waver is a motorized curling iron, which means that you basically clip your hair in, press a button, and it rotates for you. You can control the speed, you can control the temperature. It's so easy to use and it comes in a few different sizes. In addition to this tool, which is what they're most known for, they also have some other tools. They have a straightener, they have a blow dryer that competes, in my opinion, with a certain hair dryer on the market that rhymes with mm, Schmeissen. So go ahead and cop this opportunity to look your best because this is going to be a high drama time. This is the first time we're seeing a lot of these people live in a year. You're going to want to look your best. Head to beachwaver.com, check out their product lineup. They have some really great limited edition holiday items that just dropped and use my code for 10% off your entire purchase. My code is Julia Wave, J-U-L-I-Y-A-W-A-V-E. I'll drop it in the show notes for y'all as well, but use my code 10% off your entire purchase. I think they have some extra deals happening right now, so you can use the discount on top of all of their deals. I highly recommend going with the standard S1 model or also checking out a lot of their shampoos and conditioners or their Beach Waver Surf Spray. Those are some of my top favorite products. And I know that no matter what goes down at Thanksgiving table this year, you are going to look absolutely your best. And I hope you feel your best too. So shop beachwaver.com with code JuliaWave for 10% off everything. Okay, so now I have a few questions that are product specific that I want to get into. This one comes from Melanie in Portland. And Melanie says, 
I am looking to transition my sunscreen to a mineral formula, but every single one that I have tried leaves this white cast on my skin. Do you have any recommendations for a product that won't? I've heard good things about the new Sunday Riley sunscreen. What are your thoughts? Great question. Thank you so much for sending this my way. So I have, I do have thoughts. I, you know, I am obsessed with sunscreen. I try to advocate for you wearing it, all of you wearing it all the time, every episode. And I too have been looking to transition to the mineral sunscreens. And I have a neutral skin tone. I don't know about you. I have a neutral skin tone, but when I'm tan, it does go a little more olive, a little more warm because I have a little bit of yellow in my skin. So For me, also a lot of mineral sunscreens, it was touch and go. They're either too mattifying, they leave a white cast. There was a a brand that launched, um, you know, Ever Eden, the brand is called, and it launched this sunscreen that's healthy enough to use on children and babies and adults and pregnant women. And it had this like, it was mineral. It had this pink cast and it, I thought it was amazing. And then after using it for a little while. I'm like, oh, you know, this also adds a cast. Like it does go away over time as it kind of melts into the skin, but it's still too prominent for me. So then Sunday Riley launched theirs and I believe it's called Lighthearted and I've also been using it. It has that same pink cast. So if you're someone that has a Maybe if you're like cool undertone, if you have more pink and the way that, you know, the easiest test is look at the inside of your wrists and look at your veins. Do you see blue? If you see that your veins are blue, then you probably have more of a neutral undertone because veins are naturally blue. If you see uh, green veins, then what color plus blue makes green? Yellow. So you have more yellow, golden, warm undertones. If you see purple, then what color plus blue makes purple, pink or red? And that means you have a cooler undertone, more pinks, more reds in your skin. If you see a smattering of all of those colors, you're more likely gonna enjoy a neutral um, in terms of your foundation or whatever, you have a neutral undertone. So if you have a cooler undertone, if you have more pink, more red, the pink lighthearted or the Ever Eden may be good for you. Also, if you have a neutral, you might be able to get away with it. If you're warm, it may end up going a little gray even after it absorbs. But recently I got a sample of the Dr. Jart Everyday Mineral Sunscreen. It has absolutely changed the game for me. I love this sunscreen. It is, so I have combination skin, but I can't really use matte sunscreens because it dries my skin out too much. Like my skin is combination. I have oil production in my T-zone, but it still isn't as hydrated. You know what I mean? You can have oily or combination skin and still have it be dehydrated. So a matte formula really doesn't work for me. Only if I apply it on my T-zone, but then, you know, my cheeks need protection too. So I tried the Dr. Jart and it's incredible. It's creamy. It blends right into the skin. It's not oily or greasy and it is a mineral sunscreen. It's white, but it doesn't leave a cast. Um, The key with mineral sunscreens is to start off slowly and build up. So I know it's the easiest thing in the world to like put a huge amount in your hand, slather it on and just wait for it to absorb. 
But with the mineral sunscreens, what mineral sunscreens, what you may want to do is just do a little bit at a time. So maybe put like a pea-sized amount, maybe a little bit more, work it into your skin, go back at a little more. Um, it is a little more. Mm, it is a little bit more of a heavier lift. It takes a little more time. I honestly don't do that. I just like put a lot in my hand and then just rub, 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 rub until it absorbs. But if you're someone that you know, your skin tone and your undertone leaves you very susceptible to it looking gray or ashy on you, then yeah, going a little bit at a time with any formulation may be good for you. So I hope that was helpful and I hope you'll keep me updated on what works, what doesn't. Again, the Dr. Jart I think is really great. When I read your question, I also like jumped into reading reviews because I can only speak from my experience with it, but it seemed that there were, the common consensus was people really liked this. Everyone from porcelain skin all the way to deeper skin tones and everyone in between really enjoyed the sunscreen and it didn't leave that cast. So I hope that helps. Thanks again for sending in your question. I love when I get questions from y'all. Let's move on to the next one. Sorry. Um, Paloma from Florida sends this question in. Help. I need help finding a mascara that won't smudge. It seems that I will go ahead and put on my whole face of makeup, think I look super fly, and then about half an hour into my day realize that I have raccoon eyes. What kind of formulas or mascaras would be helpful in lasting all day? Great question. This is a fantastic question. I love mascara. I'm a mascara junkie. It was my gateway beauty product, the first I've ever used. So I love to talk about mascara. There are a few things to consider when it comes to smudging or running. One, you said you're in Florida. That's a place with a lot of humidity year round. So the humidity may be contributing to the mascara smudging or running. The other thing to consider is your skin type. Do you have oily eyelids or do you use products on your eyes or around your eyes that are creamy or emollient or oily? So if you use, you know, an eye cream that's very rich or an eye oil or, um, you know, cream, uh, eyeshadow, if you use those kinds of very emollient products, oftentimes they'll break down the mascara and then you'll get that streaking, that smudging. The two things that I would recommend that are on the market right now are waterproof is the easiest way to prevent smudging. Waterproof mascara is the way to kind of just lock it in. And if you're someone that you're like, I hate waterproof mascara, it's so annoying to get off my face. I can't do it. Here's my recommendation to you. Now, this may be a little bit of a heavy lift. It just depends on how committed you are. The trick that I've learned is you can use two mascaras. And honestly, there are so many mascaras out there that sell like travel sizes. So you don't have to invest in the whole tube if you don't want to. But start with your regular mascara. So start with your regular mascara, whatever that is. It doesn't have to be a waterproof formula, nothing like that. And then once that layer is on and has kind of set, go over it with a waterproof mascara. That'll make sure that the waterproof mascara, which is sometimes a little bit drying to the lashes, won't actually sit on the lashes, but it will lock in the pigment from the mascara that's underneath. 
you can also do instead of a second mascara, you could do a base. So you can do like a like a Lancome Seals Booster or a Chanel La Base, which is just like a primer, a lash primer, which I love lash primers just as, you know, I'll put them on my brows and my lashes before I go to bed. It works great as a serum in that way. I'll use it as an eye gel or um, I'm sorry, an eyebrow gel to kind of like lock my brows into place. So I love a mascara primer. And if you put that on, let it set a little bit. It'll give your lashes all these beautiful vitamins and minerals and peptides to protect and nourish your lashes, and then you can lock it all in with a waterproof formula. The other thing that you may want to try is a tubing mascara. So a tubing mascara is one that will budge. It is one that you can wash off with water, which is something that like if you have very emollient products around your eyes or if you have humidity that's affecting it, maybe not the best, but definitely better than a regular mascara and not a full force waterproof if you if you don't want to take that leap. A tubing mascara, essentially what it does is the pigment, instead of just laying on your mascara, it grips onto the, the molecules of a tubing mascara, they grip onto each other and they create this protective shield around every lash. And when you go to take it off, that shield comes off in one piece. So that's why you'll see like stringy pieces of mascara coming off instead of it just running dark with water. So that's another option. People that have experienced smudging or running mascara find tubing mascara is very, very helpful and less damaging to their lashes than waterproof mascara. And some formulas that I really love. I love the Guide Beauty. Um, I had the founder of Guide Beauty on the show. We had an amazing conversation. Her name is Terry Bryant and her mascara is incredible. It's a tubing formula and it's highly, highly pigmented. It's like vinyl black. It's very sexy. And another one that I would recommend, I mean, the OG one is Thrive Cosmetics. They were the first like big hitter on the market that brought tubing mascaras into the forefront. All of the beauty editors were up in arms about it. It was a really, really great launch. So that's another option for you. But yeah, I would recommend, you know, either a tubing mascara or a waterproof and see what works, see what doesn't, and let me know. Thank you for your question. Last question of the day comes from Celeste in Columbus, Ohio. Celeste writes, I'm looking to transition my skincare routine over to clean beauty. Where should I start? Do you have any product recommendations? Yes, Celeste, I have a lot of recommendations. <laughs> First of all, let me say, I love Columbus, Ohio. I am. A, I think it's such a cute little town. I think it's amazing. The cost of living is so affordable and it's like such a chic little city. Um, I guess it's not that little. But also, I recently... so. I spoke to uh, Melissa Joshelle Miller, who is a fashion designer and a fashion um, professor and founder of um, Passport to Fashion in Columbus, Ohio. We talked to her on the Peony podcast, Lex and I did, and she's based in Columbus, Ohio. And she let us know that Columbus, Ohio is the number three city in America for fashion, like most designers per capita. And I was like, who? So I love Columbus. I think it's such a dope city. Um, but to get to your question, so I uh, I talked to a lot of people about this because a lot of people are like, I'm trying to transition to clean. What do I do? What do I look for? 
And something that has been a recurring theme on this show is clean, quote unquote, clean is so hard to define. And it's so hard. And Chelsea and I talked about this on last week's episode. It's so hard to truly read a label and be able to understand what the heck is in these products. So I think this is a little bit of a loaded question, but in terms of where to start first, I would recommend starting with the things that absorb into your skin a little bit more. I mean, everything that you put on your skin is going to absorb in, but sometimes the molecules are a little bit bigger. So if you're using, first of all, if you're doing a cleanser, oftentimes that's just going to rinse right off your skin. That's not a big deal. Moisturizer is going to, you know, sit on the top layers of your skin serums and essences. I don't know what your skincare routine looks like currently. I don't know if you use an essence or anything like that, but basically everything between a cleanser and a moisturizer, those are the things that have smaller molecules. Those are the the things that absorb deeper into the skin. And so those are probably the things I would focus on, especially since they, like a lot of the times they are your actives, right? They're your vitamin C, they're your retinol, etc, etc. So depending on what actives you're using or what serums you're using, of course I have recommendations. I mean, like I was saying before, if you're looking for an alternative to retinol, the Bakuchiol Booster from Bybee is exceptional. I love it. I put it on at night as the last step of my skincare routine. It's essentially a, you know, uh, Bakuchiol, which is a plant-based alternative to retinol with squalane, which is an amazing hydrator suspended in a, like an olive oil. And I believe it's vegan and it's definitely clean. And it's literally just those two ingredients. So yeah, I I love that as a retinol alternative. I mean, it depends on what, what you need or what you are looking for. Bybee in general, they have a lot of boosters. They have like a, I think they have like a strawberry seed booster. They have a few different things that are really, really great, straightforward, clean, and very affordable. I think you can get them at Target. And they're stocked at Credo, which Credo is one of the big powerhouses on the market. They were, they are like the quote unquote clean beauty destination. They were the first to set up a council of specialists and scientists and subject matter experts to be like, how do we define clean? What do we mean by that? What does the science tell us? And they're constantly iterating and updating what clean is by their definition. So Bybee is sold there. And that's how I found out about them. I went to a, a conference. It was like a show, a trade show that um, Credo did. And I met the founders of Bybee and they're so delightful. And yeah, their boosters have just changed my skin for the better. And they're super straightforward and affordable. So you can find one there that you enjoy to maybe substitute for your current serums. I also really love Pacifica Beauty. Pacifica Beauty, again, affordable price point, really, really great actives. They also have a whole serum specific kind of line. So you can say, okay, do I need vitamin C? Do I need caffeine? Do I need, you know, mushroom extract? Do I need, and they also just very straightforwardly tell you what each serum does, right? So, okay, this is, you know, a niacinamide. It's going to hydrate your skin at the deepest levels. Okay. This is, you know, caffeine. It's going to brighten your skin. It's going to give you like a little bit more luminosity. So those are really great and straightforward things. And I think I'm really loving clean beauty that is affordable and accessible because I feel like when this first emerged, 
especially when it first emerged into like the conversation of more and more people are aware that what they're using may not be serving them anymore and they want to find alternatives, then like everything we got hit with was super expensive. And now these are there are these affordable options that we're able to find in places like Target, in places like your local drugstore. And I think that's really exceptional. I think we need more of that. But the conversation around clean that's so difficult is there are so many like traditional things on the market right now that the science has told us are okay for us to use. And there are so many clean things on the market that there is no science to or not enough science to back up if they're really clean or if they're really healthier healthier alternatives for us, right? It's like this whole conversation around parabens, right? Parabens have been demonized. Not all parabens are bad. Some parabens have been proven completely safe scientifically through a lot of different studies. And even the EU, the European Union, which is so obsessively restrictive about the ingredients that their products have or that products that are made there have, even there, like there are some parabens that have been proven to be okay and improve the stability of the product so that you're actually able to use it and you're actually able to keep it on your shelf without it degrading over time or with it degrading less. But we decided to just do this blanket statement of like, all parabens are evil. Okay, well, the alternative to parabens that we're like pushing onto the market now, there isn't a lot of science there to tell us whether the long-term effects of those alternatives are better or not. So that's the thing. I'm not saying like become more scrupulous about parabens or buy things with parabens or whatever the case may be. I'm just saying that, again, don't believe the hype. Don't believe the marketing. You know, if this podcast is a resource for you, I'm so happy to do that. But also like try to find other resources and other people and voices and shows or blogs or articles or whatever that you find helpful that you trust that have integrity that can give you this information because you're not going to get it from the brands like you might get it from the brands but ultimately the brands are there to push their product they're there to sell their SKUs, and that's their priority so i would love to say that that always goes in ha- hand in hand with the customer's well-being and you know making sure that you have what you need to be your best self but sometimes it doesn't and it's hard you know the founders that I've had on this podcast you know Shannon Goldberg um uh, Terry Bryant um Amy Carr Chelsea Scott so many of them all of them I would say have this integrity where they're like people need better They need better products. They need brands and companies that care about them, that care about the world they live in, that care about the environment they're in. And I think that's why I love having these conversations because it lets you really know what the person behind the brand is like and what they stand for. And I think when you hear that conversation, no matter how good of a public speaker a person is, I think coming on this show, I try to crack them open and and have them just be their authentic selves and just have this kind of coffee chat or cocktail chat of a conversation to for you to get a vibe of like who they really are and what they stand for. Because I feel like you're very smart people. You can tell when someone's not being genuine. So that is a little bit of a tangent, a little bit of a rant. But ultimately, I would start with your serums your actives, things that go deeper into the skin. Check out Bybee, check out Pacifica, 
And if you have any like more specific questions or want to send me your entire routine and be like, here, sub this out for me, please do that. And that goes for anyone listening right now. Hit me at MUA Chronicle on all the socials, all one word, or hit the hotline 877-THE-MUAC. Leave me a voicemail. I'll play it on air because I love interacting with y'all. So that is it for me this episode. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Celeste. Thank you, everyone who sent in your questions. I This is my favorite part. I was actually interviewed. It was weird because the tables turned a little bit. I was interviewed on the peony by my co-host Lex. She was like, let's talk about how you got into makeup, how you became a makeup artist, and how you started MUA Chronicle. So she interviewed me. That episode is going to be out Monday, this coming Monday, I believe. I'll be sure to cross promote. I'll, I'll put it up on MUA Chronicle on Instagram so you'll know. But um, yeah, so it was really fun to be on the other side, have the tables turned, have someone talk to me about how I got to where I am now. And one of the things that I said, and this is the reason why I show up to the mic whenever I can, even when I'm feeling low. Sometimes I feel too low and I'm like, I can't do it. But even on the days where I'm like, I don't want to be here, especially when I'm doing solo episodes, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here. Like it feels so self-indulgent to just talk into the abyss. But whenever you send me questions or you interact with me, whether it's on social or the hotline or in any way, it just reminds me of what I'm doing it for and that there isn't an abyss, that there is someone there. And talking to you is truly the highlight of this entire thing for me. So I guess I just wanted to express some gratitude. I hope you're doing well. Happy November. And yeah, hit me on the social, hit me on the hotline. I will talk to you next week. Stay safe, stay warm. Is it cold where you are? Stay safe, stay warm. I love you. Bye. Give me that microphone.